What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Tell Me a Story I Don't Know, a refreshing and captivating interview with top sports personalities and their connections to Chicago. They reveal some entertaining, memorable, and emotional stories, some you've never heard before. I'm George Hoffman, and please make sure you subscribe to Tell Me a Story I Don't Know on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. Tell Me a Story I Don't Know is presented by Dynamic Manufacturing. Since 1955, Dynamic Manufacturing has a relentless commitment to quality and customer service when it comes to your automotive needs. They've been named General Motors Supplier of the Year 22 times. And whether it's remanufacturing, machining, electrification, motorsports, and much more, there's nothing Dynamic Manufacturing can't do. Find them on the web at dynamicmanufacturinginc.com and by Raul Jewelers, who offer the finest in rings, bracelets, earrings, necklaces, and much more since 1982. They specialize in custom design, so if you're looking for that right gift, especially during the holidays, head to Raul Jewelers on Barrington Road in Hoffman Estates, and they're on the web at rawljewelers.com. Tell Me a Story I Don't Know is also sponsored by the Polina Market, purveyors of the finest meats. Look for them at polinamarket.com and buy Vienna Beef, makers of Chicago's hot dogs and a landmark institution since 1893. They're located at viennabeef.com. This week we feature part two of our interview with the voice of the Chicago Bears, Jeff Joniak. First semester of my sophomore year, I could have, I swear I could have taught the class. I was ready. But I can't do story problems either. Can't do them. I can't. I just can't do them. And the test was 20 story problems. I turned it in blank. I went to my dorm, got my book, lit it on fire, burned it in the garbage can. I went to my physics final, just filled it all in. I gave up. Jeff Joniak admits to be shy, but you'd never know it by this or any other interview. He could have been a meteorologist, but that idea ended badly. His broadcast career, though, started at Sports Phone, as did many of ours, and eventually mushroomed into what he is today, the premier voice of the Bears. You know, I wasn't oh, yeah. kidding earlier when I said you could have been the next Al Roker or locally Tom Skilling. You really did want to be a meteorologist when you were young. So tell me a story I don't know. Why and how your own weather changed when deciding to pursue a sports broadcasting career. July 4th, 1969, Cleveland, Ohio. My dad was going to take take us, uh, my, my, my brothers and I, out to see fireworks. And um, the storm door was ripped off by the wind in a storm we didn't really realize was flaring up. And I was so scared. I remember hiding underneath our pool table. 
And I started watching weather every, every day after that. I was more out of fear. I was afraid. How old were you, six? Seven. So I, for some reason, that moment, and I started taking pictures of clouds. I, I, oh, it's, I remember asking for a Christmas book, uh, for a Christmas present when I was in grade school, a book called The Cooling. It was going to be the, you know, the, the new ice age. I, I was just, I'm not scientific in any way. And so I handpicked Iowa State University because it had a very good meteorology program. Our program at Iowa State's regarded as one of the best in the country. Um, and I think a lot of it's just in terms of how, um, how much approachability there is uh, between the students and the faculty. Uh, most of us have open door policies um, so that our students can sometimes even get involved with research projects with us even when they're freshmen. But they, they warned me that I had to take four years of math and, and four years of science, you know, physics and all that. And I was not good in math. I struggled in high school. I just can't do it. Whether it's right brain, left brain thing, I don't know, but I can't do it. And so I failed calculus my freshman year twice and got a D the third time. And uh, I remember the final exam. Actually, it was my first semester of my sophomore year. That's right. I took advanced algebra, got a D in that, was arrogant enough to think I was going to pass calculus, a stupid move, got an F and F because we were on we were on a three semester system in my freshman year. First semester of my sophomore year, I could have, I swear I could have taught the class. I was ready, but I can't do story problems either. Can't do them. I can't, I just can't do them. And the test was 20 story problems. I turned it in blank. I went to my dorm, got my book, lit it on fire, burned it in the garbage can. Oh, went my, to my, my physics final, just filled it all in. I gave up. My dad was coming to pick me up, take me back to Mount Prospect where I, where I live. How'd you do? Did great. Lied to him. Grades beat me back to the second semester. He says, I'm not sending you back to college. You don't know how to study. He was very hard on me. I had a very awkward relationship with my dad because he is a big reason who I am because of his work ethic and his grind. Um, but he was a negative thinker in many respects and very, very, very hard on me. So it wasn't that I didn't know how to study. I studied nonstop. I just couldn't do math and I couldn't do story problems. So he goes, well, if I send you back, you know, you're just gonna, what are you gonna do? I go, well, I like to write. I just pulled that out of thin air. And I went to the journalism department and a professor named Tom Beal, little short guy, short bald guy with glasses on the edge of his nose. He looked at my transcripts and said, what makes you think you're gonna do any better at this? I said, you're gonna have to trust me. Two days later, I'm on a student radio station breaking down Montana to Clark's NFC championship game touchdown catch. And uh, I thought, wow, this is what I could do. I mean, you kidding me, right? We're going to, I'm going to be a sportscaster. I mean, I didn't even put it in my mind, which is nuts because it was hiding in plain sight my whole life because much like you and much like other play-by-play -play guys and all my buddies in the business, what did we do? We obsessed about sports. We played sports. We created games about sports. And I was calling those games in my head, out loud, by myself, whether it be a baseball card game with a pair of dice, where there was the table hockey game that I coerced my younger brother to play with me. And I put two desk lamps on the ice and Windex to shine it up like the Zamboni would come <laughs> through the periods. And, and call that or the Nerf basketball game that I created in the basement of my parents' house 
and I was doing the NCAA championship games back in the seventies. In my mind, I was, you know, Larry Keenan or Ernie DiGregorio and I'm doing this by myself and uh, a tennis ball, my grandmother's basement off the, off the cinder block wall, pretending I'm, you know, Jim Cott. I swear to you, I don't understand it. Like, why didn't I realize that that was what was going to be my passion? Because that's what I did. And my dad one time walked in on me during one of these said games. He said, what are you doing? Why do you talk to yourself all the time? That's weird. You're weird. And, and I really felt bad about it. But I did it. And that's what I did. I used to tape radio shows all the time. I used to hide that transistor radio under my pillow. And I scanned the dial looking for anything. Ernie Harwell in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Dan Kelly in St. Louis calling a blues game. Ramage into center ice to Paderko. Paderko stole it from Reinhardt. Breaking in to Hunter. Hunter shooting. Rebound. Recognizer scores! Recognizer! American Hockey League games from the, the Baltimore Clippers and the Nova Scotia. I mean, you name it. I was obsessed with it. So I ask you, it's a rhetorical question. What the hell was wrong with me? How come I didn't? How come I just didn't do that? There's nothing wrong with you because you're describing me, and you're describing a lot of us who who you know got into this business by virtue of something you know. And for me, that's Bobby Hull and Stan Mikita as a kid enjoying hockey, but much more enjoying Lloyd Pettit and yeah. Jack Brickhouse. And so you know something clicks somewhere. It clicks, and when it clicks, and you know it, then it becomes an obsession of course it's an obsession well it's definitely an obsession yeah there you know and to and to take the seat though the first game i ever did was at iowa state my that spring semester of my sophomore year i tried to walk onto the iowa state baseball team that ended in about three hours it was just it was just awful especially when they put a stopwatch on me to run the 40. i was a second baseman or a third baseman by trade and they put me in the outfield off a jugs gun and I'd never played outfield. So you can only imagine what that was like. All I want to do is catch the ball. And, you know, they timed your release in the whole bit. And I was like, yeah, there's like 70 of us. One kid made it, but it was thanks for thanks for coming. But I went to the manager, Larry Corrigan, who later worked for the Cubs, actually, in their farm system as a scout. And I said, hey, can I can I call these games? And so with a card table and my roommate from college, who was a landscape architect major, and a former player at Hersey with me, Hersey High School in Arlington Heights, we called the game and I got the bug. I remember I listened to those broadcasts obsessively and I was awful, awful. But it was the play-by-play -play aspect of it. That's what I loved. I mean, I loved it so much and I, and I never thought I'd ever get a job in play-by-play, -play. but um, miraculously I did. Listen up, OEMs. First impressions are lasting ones. Dynamic Manufacturing's impressive complex in Hillside, Illinois, includes nearly a million square feet of operating space. I had a chance to view some of it, and I was overwhelmed by the organization, technology, and dedicated workforce. Dynamic Manufacturing provides solutions for engineering, manufacturing, machining, and logistics, and they can re-energize your electric and energy storage systems. They can machine any project, no matter the size. And when it comes to motorsports, they're your trusted partner for chasing podiums with their custom torque converters. Dynamic Manufacturing is your one stop for all your remanufacturing needs, and they can't wait to engineer a custom solution for getting maximum value from experienced parts. Dynamic Manufacturing, 
where there's nothing they can't do. The easiest way to hear more great guests on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know is to follow me on social media at George Offman. That's O-F-M-A-N, just one F, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. We return with Jeff Joniak on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. You decide this is where I'm going. But Odessa, Texas was not one of those places. No. Tell me a story I don't know, the path you took, and how a self-described shy person managed to make his way in a business full of all sorts of personalities and, dare I say, many egos. Yeah, well, that's, that's well put because, so I graduate Iowa State and the sports director at the student radio station who preceded me and really got me jazzed up about working at the student radio station and four other internships after that, um, he went to Odessa, Texas, and he wanted to hire me. It was going to be a very low salary, no insurance, and I had never heard of Odessa, Texas. And I thought, there's not a chance. I mean, I, I, what, there's no way. I don't even, what, what are we going to do? And here, this is long before Friday Night Lights, so I could have been, you know, in the 80s, you know, during a recession and whatnot, uh, been working in Odessa, Texas, uh, and probably, you know, had, had a great time, but I, I'm not one. I didn't like, I don't, I don't like change. I have a very difficult time with change and uh, change is, you know, inevitable, but I try to hold off as long as I can. But I just, I was afraid to take the jump, afraid to leave Chicago. Uh, so instead I, I got a job offer from Chris Madsen at Sports Phone. That became a reality after uh, going to the Loyola radio conference, something that doesn't exist anymore, but Loyola University put it on and they had a bunch of professionals speak in seminars. And I remember introducing myself to Chris Madsen and he remembered me and hired me right out of college. Fred Hubner was my first boss. Lou was the first person I met there, uh, rocking back in a chair with a really bad mustache in 1984, <laughs> December of 1984, uh, because it took me four and a half years to graduate. But, you know, subsequently I turned down several other jobs because I, I just, it's like, it just didn't make sense. And I, you know, and then those jobs would become something and I would regret it. So you know, it's, it's funny, so often the decisions you don't make uh, are the ones that are the right decisions. And I think that ultimately did happen. I just, I had a slow, steady climb to where I am and I had to really work for it. Nothing was ever given. And um, there were a lot of mileposts along the way that I regretted and a lot of things that uh, I probably shouldn't have regretted. It's funny you mentioned Fred Huebner because he's the first person I worked with at Sports Phone when it began in 1977. I was wow, there six, uh, yeah, six weeks after it began. And the first person I worked with was Fred on Christmas Eve of 1977. You know something, wow. Joniak, for a shy guy, you can talk a lot. Yeah, I know. I didn't think this was going to happen this way. But yeah, you know, it, it goes back to if somebody jogs your memory, you're proud of your past, you know. Uh, because again, it's just, it's an unlikely journey and some unlikely scenarios that, you know, I, I believe 
very seriously is divine intervention. So I, I, I often talk and you've heard me talk about, you know, the bicycle wheel that I look at in life and God's the hub and the spokes are people he puts in your life. And sometimes those spokes, they break, but that wheel keeps going as long as there's enough spokes and those spokes change quite a bit, actually, you know, people come and go in your life, but they're the important ones to keep the wheel rolling. And along the way of this, all these stories are a lot of great people that have helped me get to where I am. You know, the Bears have had some pretty good play-by-play guys, from Jack Brickhouse to Joe McConnell to Wayne Larravee. Gary Bender was there two years, and then the play-by-play position was open. WBBM does its due diligence, and it offers you the job with a caveat. You have to do afternoon drive. You accept, but what a workload you had to take on because you're reporting from Hallis Hall during the season while also doing the sports cast. This, Jeff, as I know, is no easy task. Yeah, it's not. It's, you know, you got to find the, it's hard when you're running around and the, the sports world is spinning every half hour. Granted, you know, it's two minutes every half hour. It doesn't seem like a monumental workload, but in between, you know, you're fishing out stories, you're editing tape. And, you know, when I'm at Hallis Hall, I'm also running around doing, you know, scheduled interviews for the Bears TV show. And, you know, it, you could be in the middle of an afternoon baseball game and somebody's, you know, hits the game winning home run and you're just finding out about it 30 seconds before your sportscast. It used to rattle me and I'm basically an ad liver. I'm not the writer you are. Um, you're an outstanding writer. Always have been. I've always respected that. And uh, when you craft your, your casts, it's a, it's a little bit of uh, a piece of artwork, right? So me, it's, I'm just gathering facts and giving them to you because I don't have time to write. And um, it does put a lot of pressure. There have been times uh, where you're editing something while they're coming to you uh, for sports. Here's Jeff Joniak. And I'm literally still editing and finding a way to hit the play button. The Cubs get a win, breaking a scoreless streak in the process. Here's WBM's George Hoffman on a 5-1 victory over Seattle. It took 25 innings for the Cubs to score, but when they did, it was with a flood of runs, five of them in the seventh. And that happens all the time at Hallis Hall. So it is a juggling act, but, you know, if you are organized and if you know exactly what boxes need to be checked every day, you can handle it, but the days are, you know, they're not short, that's for sure. I mean, but I enjoy working. And I am a workaholic, so it happens. And during the football season, it's seven days a week. I find it funny when people tell me, "Yeah, what you know?" So you call games. What do you do? All? What do you do the rest of the year? They think I do twenty games, and that's all I do because you get late. You know, I'm the voice of the Chicago Bears. That's that's my title. People introduce, "Hey, you know," like again in Atlanta this weekend. This guy's introducing me, and he's you know, "Hey, you ever hear? You ever listen to a Bears game?" And I and I don't like that because I am very private, and I like my anonymity. And, uh, but Bears fans are as passionate as, as any fan base in the world. So I do love calling games for that passionate fan base. And so I do respect that. You know, the moment um, I got a great Jay Cutler story. I was on vacation in Boca Raton, Florida, and I was playing, I was, I was throwing batting practice for my young girls at the time for softball and phone kept ringing. And I'm like, don't answer it. I'm on vacation. So no, dad, it keeps going. So I look and there's like 50 messages from Drew Hayes, my old boss. And I'm like, what the heck happened? And he goes, were you going to answer your phone or was I going to have somebody else break the story that Jay Cutler is now a bear? The deal is done. And here is the deal. The latest from John Clayton. 
The Bears giving up Kyle Orton, that quarterback, two first-round picks, one this year, one in 2010, and a third-rounder for Cutler and a fifth-round pick this year. And I had no idea. I, I was on vacation, so I had to drop everything. But I remember going to the airport to go home, and this Bears fan came up to me. He recognized me, and he was bawling. He said, we have a franchise quarterback. We've got Jay Cutler. He was, he was so emotionally moved. Mm -hmm. And these moments tell you that what these fans are like, man. I, not every team's fans are like this. It's unique, period. Who doesn't love jewelry? Who wouldn't love Rawl Jewelers? Family owned and operated for nearly 40 years, Rawl Jewelers offers the very best in fine jewelry and engagement rings, including mined and lab-grown diamonds. And they utilize the latest technology and offer jewelry repair on the premises. Rawl Jewelers has a glittering array of rings, necklaces, earrings, bracelets, and watches, and offers custom-designed jewelry on the premises. And if you have the most specific questions, Rawl Jewelers has four graduate gemologists on staff. With over 200 years of combined experience and expertise, it's no wonder Rawl Jewelers is one of the leading shops of its kind. This is where my wife and I got our wedding bands many years ago, and it's safe to say, when you walk in as a customer, you're going to leave as a friend. Rawl Jewelers is located at 3001 Barrington Road in Hoffman Estates, right off I-90 West. Rawl Jewelers, when only the very best will do. Now let me tell you a story you don't know about Jeff and me. When I used to work at WSCR The Score, Jeff would occasionally call, we would chatter about sports, and then he would clamor and say, I want you here. Well, I wasn't there, couldn't join you at WBBM, but as fate would have it, my path took me to you when I was 56, and you hired me, and I will always be grateful for that. Probably the best hiring of your career, right? <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true George Offman personality, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, we did have a, a great relationship over the years, and uh, I always respected you, no question about it, and... Uh, you know, you often, you know, much like this, I'm, I'm blabbering on. You'd often say, I got to go. I got to go. I got I, I to gotta craft a story. And you'd hang up on me repeatedly. Like your time was the most valuable. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. And I gave you a fair amount of crap over the years. I love. You've given a lot of people One thing a lot about of crap. me, I, I'm a shy guy, but boy, <laughs> I like to throw it, throw it down, don't I? <laughs> you, you do. You know, there have been a lot of impressive people who have worked at WBBM, from Brent Musburger to Brad Palmer to Brian Davis, Rich King, Dave Ennett, Eric Brown, your current staff. I know I'm missing a dozen Chris of others. Bowden. It, Chris Bowden. It's truly one of the more prestigious jobs, yet uh, like the newspaper business, sports anchoring and reporting is shrinking. What are your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, it sickens me, honestly. What's happening in the newspaper business it would be like a symptom of a virus, right? It's just spreading. And we heard it was coming for years and never believed it. And now we're witnessing it and seeing a lot of great people, not just in sports. I mean, we learned in the pandemic that sports is definitely, and I've said it many, many, many times, calling it life's toy department, you know, charting the history of the games people play. But it was put on hold and we had to get, we had to become creative. But, you know, is at great loss because doing sportscast for a long time, BBM in recent vintage, the only station that actually had 
reporters do packages or what we called wraps. Yep. Nobody yep. else did. That that set us apart because we're storytellers. BBM is a storytelling vehicle. It's a it's a a vehicle for you know traffic, news, sports, weather. It's it's the utilities of your life, and you can duck in as often as you like. You don't stay as long as a talk show, but you know you're, we're giving you the information you need to get to where you need to go. And I'm telling you, it's it's it saddens me because I do believe radio is still the most intimate medium out there. It's certainly that way when you got the play-by-play -play aspect of it because you're you're coming into everybody's homes and you are, you know, I've always looked at it as I'm talking to one person. I'm not talking to millions or hundreds of thousands. I'm, I'm trying to relate to one person to grab their attention and listen to me and fill them in on what's going on and, and talk to them and not at them. And that's really the whole key, right? And I do believe there's an audience for that and no one's going to convince me otherwise. I just, I mean, I granted, I have 20 something year old kids. They rarely listened to the radio. They listened to things on their phone. Um, I did a speech for district 214 out in Arlington Heights at Arlington racetrack years ago for a bunch of award winners uh, for public service. It was a bunch of high school kids and I started talking and they had their heads down looking at their phones and I stopped that. I said, I, I went like this. Can I have everybody's, does anyone know what I do? Not who I am, but what I do. Crickets. <laughs> Teachers, they're all hanging up their hands in the air and I got worried. I'm like, okay. I want everybody to put their phones away and I want to ask, how many of you read the newspaper? How many of you watch the 10 o'clock news? How many of you turn on the radio? I said, I invite you at all to try it because it's important to know what's going on in the world beyond your phone and Twitter and Instagram or whatever. And, you know, the long form storytelling that we enjoy, it's, it's, it's still, it doesn't have to be in a podcast. It's still, just turn on your radio. It's right there. Mm -hmm. And when big things happen, people go to the radio. When big things happen, newspapers are thicker and they cover it as, as, as well as anything we, we've ever seen before. So, why the mundane day-to-day -day hasn't covered the same way? I mean, I don't know. I, it does bug me, and I know it bugs you, and certainly you can firsthand tell us that. But, yeah, it's, it's sad. It's sad. Your father died when he was really young, just 52, and it's a time when you want, like many others, to prove what kind of success you can be. What was that experience like then, and are you still trying to prove that to this day? Yeah, it's an emotional topic and I don't want to start getting teary eyed, but yeah, I had a, I had a, a challenging relationship with my dad because he was a, he was a type A high tempered, uh, passionate, love, love sports. He, he took me to games my whole life. That was my, my, my peaceful time was with him and doing that. And, uh, but I got his work ethic. I got his temper. I got his passion. I got his fire. I got his type A. Um, but I was just starting out. So I remember he, he died of a disease called scleroderma. Um, very rare in men and there's no cure. And he was a painful death. It was a long journey for him. And um, I just remember even before that, he, you know, he was unhappy in his job. He, he was, he'd come home and it would be dead silence at the dining room table and how much he hated his job. And I was like, wow, I can't live that life, you know, where you're just unhappy all the time about your job. 
So I found something that I loved and I knew he loved sports. And I would, when he was sick, I'd play him tapes of the things I had done, whether it be a college or just starting out in my career. And I was hoping I'd get that, you know, thumbs up and, but you know, he was so sick. It just, that was his, his battle. It wasn't, it wasn't enjoying, I was trying to give him a little bit of peace away from his pain, but it didn't work. So, you know, years ago, this is what I'll show you. So years ago, uh, it was after the Bears Super Bowl in 2006, uh, a very good friendship with uh, Kevin Byrne, who was the vice president of communications for the Baltimore Ravens, and it went with the Browns to the Ravens organization. So his best friend was a gentleman named Jim Barry. And for some reason at that Super Bowl, he brought up this guy, Jim Barry. I go, well, now my dad's from Lakewood, Ohio. You guys are from Lakewood. You guys went to St. Edwards High School. I go, is, is that, did he go to St. Edwards? So here it turns out Jim Barry, who was working in Naperville at BP Amico, he was one of my dad's best friends. A lot younger than my dad, but he was one of, and I remember going to, to games with him. I remember he was at my dad's funeral and whatnot. And so I called him up, we had lunch, and he told me things my dad never told me. And it made, it, it made me feel at peace, finally, with my dad. And uh, he, he was proud of me. He did, he did talk about me in ways that I never heard. And um, maybe emotionally, he just didn't know how to show it or whatever. But that was important for me. It was one of the conversations of my life. And I just can't imagine what he would have thought if he, when he knew I got the Bears job or what he's thinking 20 years later about some of the greatest moments in Chicago sports related to the Bears and, and whatever else I've covered. I mean, he never got to see any of that or hear any of that. So I hope he's listening. I'm sure he is. But yeah, that was important. And then to make peace uh, for my 50th birthday uh, to myself, I ran the San Diego Marathon and I talked to my dad pretty much the entire route and uh, apologized to him for how I may have treated him and vice versa. And it was a moving experience for me. Tell Me a Story I Don't Know is sponsored by the Polina Market. And with the grilling season upon us, you have no excuse not to shop there. It's been Chicago's premier market for the finest meats and more since 1949. And it's gotten bigger and better. How about chicken and fish in your basket to go along with their absolutely mouth-watering steaks such as the tomahawk, porterhouse, and wagyu. And if you like brats and sausages, add that to your basket and head right to the grill. Then there's the vast frozen food section where everything is freshly made, including chicken pot pies, meatloaf, and pulled pork. Besides the addition of fresh seafood, the Polina Market is now serving sandwiches. It also has a solid array of wonderful wines and beers Plus, they've expanded again, making the in-store experience even more satisfying. Remember, you can still order online and you can have it shipped wherever you live. I've been shopping here for 37 years and with good reason. The Polina Market is as good as it gets and conveniently located at 3501 North Lincoln Avenue in Chicago. Check them out on their impressive website at polinamarket.com. No one, I mean no one, does hot dogs better than Vienna Beef. 
That's because they've been doing them since 1893. Imagine biting into a delicious all-beefy on a hot dog, dragged through the garden which includes yellow mustard onions, relish, tomatoes, sport peppers, pickles, and celery salt, and just try that on one of their Polish sausages. Vienna products are available everywhere, from your supermarkets, restaurants, the ballparks, and zoos, just to mention a few, and you can purchase them online at viennabeef.com. And look for their farm acres chili, mini bagel dogs, condiments, and classic deli meats. Take it from a guy who was weaned on, then sold Vienna products. It's the mark of excellence since 1893. Find them at ViennaBeef.com. Through this all, and when I mean through this all, I mean an incredibly demanding schedule. You became the father of two daughters who are now on their way in this cold, cruel world. Tell me a story I don't know about them. <laughs> ah, the, the joys of my life. Uh, you know, they're, they truly are miracles. It wasn't um, an easy process for us to have kids, and they were true miracles. And I remember uh, in 1997, it was the Bears-Dolphins game down in Miami, but it got moved for the Indians-Marlins World Series game to a Monday night game. And I knew when I came home that we were going to an ultrasound. So we might have landed and got back to Hallis Hall at five in the morning, and I was in a car going to an ultrasound appointment with my, uh, with my wife. And, that, and we were going to find out for the final time if we were going to have a kid, and, and it was Kelly, my oldest. And then we had Caitlin 18 months later. So the joys of my life, they used to, you know, yes, it was demanding. I, I missed a lot of sports. They both played four sports and they both were in travel sports and I missed a ton. And I, I have regret about that. But at the same time, it is a selfish pursuit because you're just, it's a means to an end that you're trying to create a career. And it's, it's, it's the challenge of every man out there or woman for that matter who uh, you know, wanna, wanna have a successful career and be great at what they do and be great has a lot of sacrifices attached to it. And I'm not there, I'm still sacrificing and still trying to be great, but you do push away a lot of people in your life, uh, whether it's friends or, you know, it's only so many times friends are gonna call you up to do something, you keep telling them no, cause I gotta work. And uh, that, that is the, the, the harsher side of our business, you know, everything's, holidays and weekends. I mean, big things happen in sports on those days. During football, I'm, I'm all in. I don't do anything else. I'm all in. It's very, very difficult. So all those years of trying to learn my craft and how to be a play-by-play -play guy without any experience before other than college, you know, I just absorbed myself. But you know what? Those two kids, they came to my, I had an office. They came to my office every night. They did their homework. I can still see Kelly and Caitlin, you know, sitting in my, my recliner and the other one on the floor doing their homework. We're listening to music. We, you know, it, it was, it was the best. They, they, they just, they came into my office every night as I worked on my board and um, they kind of were brought up through my experience with the bears, because that's when I started with the bears. It was like a, another divine intervention thing. I had kids got the bears job and it seemed like a good luck charm. And uh, all through that experience, they've been, a part of my journey with the bears and now Kelly's working with the bears um, for her second year. And it's, uh, it's quite the, the blessing indeed. And I thank the bears organization uh, for giving me this opportunity and uh, for being there for my family. Cause it's, it's been a big part of my life. Hearing this, it sounds like you would like to be behind the mic for the bears for as long as you humanly can do it. 
Oh, come on, man. Of course. <laughs> it's the best job in the NFL. Charter franchise, National Football League. Founding father, George Hallis. Uh, when I go to Hallis Hall, I, I just, I see that statue every time. I don't take it for granted. I walk in there. It's uh, some great people over the years. You know, no matter what people think about the journey of the Bears uh, and the ups and downs and the roller coaster ride of being a fan, it's the people in there that are, they're, they're every bit as passionate as the fan. And that goes from the, the marketing department to the, to the football operations, to the ticket office, to every McCaskey member. It's, it's, it's just unique and it is a family and they've welcomed me into that family. And I feel very passionate and humbled by it. And um, yeah, it's the one thing, I mean, I wanna do as long as I can, as long as I have my sight and my mind. I had that conversation uh, with uh, actually, it was Kevin Harlan and Brad Sham, the Dallas Cowboys announcer a few years back, talking how long we wanna do this. And, you know, both institutions in their respective careers, um, you know, that's, that's the key. As long as you can see it and say it and do it in a, in a way that uh, maintains your excellence, then you want to keep doing it. Yeah. It would be, it would be a wonderful thing to be the longest tenured bears play-by-play -play guy in history. So I'm chasing Jack Brickhouse. I end all these interviews with this final question though. We may already know the answer, Jeff, if not for sports broadcasting, what would you have been? I'd be a landscape architect. <laughs> okay. You surprised me on that one. Everybody knows I love gardening and knows me. So I'm a big flower guy. I, uh, I, that's my escape digging in the dirt. And yeah, that's, uh, I, you know, I probably would have failed that too, because that involves a lot of math, but I would have loved to have been a, uh, my, that came from my, my, my grandfather, my dad, they were, they always had me in the garden, uh, working. I didn't want to do it when I was a kid, but I certainly did pick up a lot. And I know a lot about plants and flowers and shrubs and how they're supposed to look in the framework of your yard. So George, if you need any landscape work, I'll do it gratis. Well, thank you, Jeff Joniak, for that and for telling me a story I don't know. My thanks to Iowa State Professor of Meteorology, Dr. Bill Gallus, KMOX Radio in St. Louis, Sports Phone Chicago, WBBM News Radio, and ESPN for those riveting highlights. And to our generous sponsors, Dynamic Manufacturing, where there's nothing they can't do. And Raul Jewelers, top jewelers in the northwest suburbs on Barrington Road and Hoffman Estates. Come in as a customer, leave as a friend. Also, the Polina Market, purveyors of the finest meats and much more. And by the Vienna Beef Company, home of Chicago's hot dog and an institution since 1893. Join me for our next episode of Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. I'm George Hoffman, and that's all she wrote.